So Lord, let's just turn to the scripture in this atmosphere. We want to invite him to come to us personally. And I believe for God, um, he's going to meet us Amen. if we have the expectation. Yes, sir. And we're looking forward for God to speak to us. No matter if it's Wednesday or Sunday morning or Sunday night. You know, whenever we get together and we get together in his name and he promised, he said he will come. And if we have a desire and a heart for him, I believe the Lord will speak to us. Let's turn to um, uh, book of Matthew chapter 23. Book of Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithes of mint and anise and the cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. This ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Let us just bow our head. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, every time when we read a scripture, our heart just trembles, Lord. If there's no blood, if there's no mercy, this word is going to condemn us from the oldest to the youngest, Lord. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, it is not just condemnation, but it's become a driving power to us, Lord. Let us to do the things that's pleasing you. Let us to say things that's pleasing you. Let us to thinking things that is pleasing you. Lord, that's our whole heart desire. Father, I just pray in the next little moment, you open up your word to us. Speak to us personally. Lord, you know that each person's in need. Sometimes in a way ourselves, we don't even know what we really need for. But Lord, when you reveal your word to us, that's opened up to us what we really need that in this hour, in our personal life. Lord, we know there's a physical need of the different brothers and sisters. Brother Milko, Sister Rena, Sister Helen Billisberger. And our brother Tom and our brother Ron and all this great man of God and great woman of God. Lord, we're so yearning to leave this body. Lord, because this body has a cause of so many problems. But Lord Jesus, how we thankful we're still living in this body. Because this is the only place that we need to overcome. Because this is only in this body that we need a triumphant. Only in this body that we can be called victorious. We can be called overcomer when we stand the test. Oh God, that is your attribute. So that it can be manifested in this earthen vessel. Father, we give you all the thanks. Lord, no matter what happens, no matter what's the situation that we're facing, no matter how hardship and difficulty that we're facing, but Lord, we know who already won us. Jesus Christ, you already won the battle. So Lord, we claim the health. We claim the healing. We claim it at a perfect healing that from God to all our brothers and sisters. Father, we give you all the thanks. We have no fear because the promise of God has a promise to us said by your stripes that we were healed. Lord, we give you all the thanks. I ask you to come on and sin and speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
I would like to speak a title, uh, Return uh, to the Weightier Matters. Um, the scripture that we had just read, and Jesus Christ um, talking to those Pharisees and uh, Sadducees and all of them. And he says, um, you know, you have uh, done, uh, you pay your tithes to the mint, you pay your tithes of the cumin, you do everything that's according to the law. But there are some more important things that you uh, didn't do. And we do realize that in the word of God, we know that every word of God is the truth. And we believe every word of God is important. But there is a certain things in a certain time that is more important. If the people don't realize that, don't see that, and they're just going along, and then they miss the cord, they miss the, the cord of the matter. I think this is the time that in this last time, we see this the end times is approaching. The virus is everywhere. The peoples are panic, And um uh, you know, the people, they're quarantined themselves in the, in the house. And now then in China, they start to, uh, loosen up a little bit. Just, uh, people can, uh, go back to work. And, uh, but you know, it's not only just the virus. It's the panic of it. It's that the people's fear that about it. They have no assurance. They don't know what's going to happen next. And all these things that happens, I think it's a behoof to us to check ourselves out. Just in the daily base, what hours that we are living in. What the Lord that you, you need us to do. Uh, if there's any time that we need to girdle our, ourselves up, this is the time that we are facing right now. But you see that many times when things that happen like that, when it become a more and more happen, people become acclimatized. You know, they're, um, they're, they, they become, um, uh, accustomed to it. Uh, things is, uh, because they're just getting too much. You know, in the last few days that I went to the uh, hospital, uh, with my wife, I visited Sister Rena. You know, I hate the hospital. If there's anything I hate, so that's the hospital. As soon as, <laughs> when, as soon as I go in there, I feel the pain. It doesn't even have to, cause I, in my use, uh, almost every, every week I go into the hospital to get a needle, get a shot, so, cause I was just so weak of it, uh, in my body, cause got sick all the time. So every time I go to the hospital, I, I just had a bad experience. You know, my, uh, I just feel somebody give me a needle almost like. But, um, you know, when I go over there, I saw this, uh, people, the older people, some sick people, uh, you, you just feel pity about them. But you see, when they're going there, the, you can find it out that the people have been, been in that condition for so long, they actually, they, they, uh, uh become accommodated to it. They, they've been in the situation too long, uh, they lost the fight. They lost, um, they lost the crying out. They lost, um, the fighting force in them to, I want to get out of this. But they've been living in that condition so long, and uh, everything become acceptable. To give you a shot, it's acceptable. To, to get you the medication, all kinds of things. But they're living in that environment that they're not supposed to be. You see that sometimes, spiritually speaking, we're living in an environment that is not supposed to be. And is, uh, it should uh, give us the force that is aiming uh, inside of us. and said, Lord, this is just not my home. This earth is just not my home. This body, this is things that we're going through that every day we're living or working, everything that we have, this is just not what I'm supposed to be. They should have a something that is in the believer's heart. They're yearning and longing for the place that the Lord has prepared for us. 
But you see, if the person there look at the things too commonly, and then they start to uh, lose the value of the things, uh, their 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 discernment uh, become um, uh, um, become a bewildered. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word for it. They just don't cannot discern what is right and what is wrong. And the same like a certain condition, oh, that's okay. Uh, you know, when they're going through the certain things, oh, that, 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 that's all right. You know, uh, that's supposed to be. To be a sickness is not supposed to be. The healing is the daily bread, if we can understand that, for the children. When we're in the spiritually, we're in the sickness, is not what you ought to be. That should be the cause of something there. People that are in the bottom this pit said they're going to do everything that they can to get it out of that pit. The depression is not supposed to be to our children. It's not supposed that we try to cope with it or try to, you know, make the living a little better. A little better is not an answer. Total deliverance is the answer. It's not you just cope with the sin. It's not you just live with the sin. You don't bother me. I don't bother you. Kill Satan, the influence in your life. That is supposed to be the answer. Total deliverance, that is the answer. It's not just a little, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a good boy. They're a good children. They're a good girl. Uh, they're not doing the drug. They're not doing the smoking. They're not a drinking. They're doing, don't do all of that. I should be very thankful enough. I'm thankful, but not thankful enough. Something need to be done. Born again experience need to be done. Filled with the Holy Ghost need to be done. Fervent with God, passionate with the gospel that need to be done. But you see, when the people are living in the certain condition, they start to get used to it. And then they lost their discernment, they lost their judgment to do the things that they're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, one time when I, uh, when my kids was, uh, uh, small, and, um, uh, I won't say the name, but, um, one of them, one of them, you know, we, were, we had a birthday party. Oh, it was such an experience for, uh, for, uh, she or he. <laughs> and then, uh, so that experience was just always locked in, uh, in their, uh, in the mind. And, uh, what the, all they're doing, they're, they're expecting that. Oh, birthday, you know, birthday coming. Or the party, uh, there's a coming. And yeah, the people, there's a coming. And the one, the, one, one time in a Christmas, they're looking forward to some gift. Um, and we just said, well, you know, we just, this year, we just passed that. And, um, you don't know what that do to the children. And one of my child said, uh, said, daddy, mommy, I don't need a gift. You just give me an empty box filled with a paper, wrap it up. I just want to fill the tearing the, the, the gift of the office. That's all I need. I don't need anything in there. I just want to see the box. I just want to see the wrapping on it. Just, oh. It was just exciting. That's all I need to see. <laughs> I wonder sometime if we believer ever come to a point like that. There's something that's the most important. There's something that is the weightier matter. But all we see, it's just a blessing. All we see is, oh, God promoted me. You know, I got blessed. I got to work. I got a good job. I got this. I'm a, I got a family. I got this. I got a children. All of that. Sometimes we, I wonder if we have a look over to the weightier matter. To the things that, that is the most important. 
to the things that we have been looking for for years, for life. And we passed that. We just want to have the have that experience. We just be attracted about a tinsel of it. We just attracted about the wrapping of it. Blessing is a good. Working is is a good. Give your job is a good. You're making money is a good. Your children is a, is nice and is good. All of that is good. But there must be something is more weighter than just all of that. There must be something that is in the believers of the heart. Lord, I want my life to reach to a point. I want my life to have a rich to a point to have the godly, perfect faith that is living in me. I want something that is living in me that have a, such a desire for the Lord that I can go into the closet and in the wind, uh, with tears coming out to pray for a revival that is coming into my life. There are something that is weightier than just an outside blessing. Brother Branham said in the unveiling of God. He said, we'll never come here. He said, no one that's a present, present knows that any man will sit in this heat like this and just to the idea of a being here. He said, we're here for one purpose. And that's a closer walk with God. He said, that's all we can do. Is to believe the Lord Jesus is with us. Let me repeat it again. He said that's all we can do is to believe the Lord Jesus is with us. But I remember talking about the Moses. He said in the Moses time, it doesn't necessarily everybody has to do Moses do. Moses will bring the plague. Moses will bring the fly. Moses will bring, bring all this uh, plague. He said, upon the, he said that the rest of them, the believer, those Israelites, all they do is just follow the message. And for us, the only thing that we can do and that all things that we need to do is to believe the Lord Jesus is with us. And that the prophet said that in his message, what is his ministry, is not like a pastor, it's not like a teacher, it's not like an evangelist to do all, uh, do all, all their ministry. He said, my ministry is to prove that Jesus Christ is the present with us. And that's all we need to do is to believe Jesus Christ is with us. And then he said, and we are here to walk closer with him. And when we talk about a closer walk, and different people have a different interpretation of what is the closer walk with the Lord is. This is not negative. This is a positive. Everyone has their interpretation because their walk is depending on that situation or the season that they are in. When I first come into the message, when I came into the door, when I look at the people, I thought... My goodness, I'm in, in a bunch of angels. You're still angels. Don't, 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 don't get in condemnation that quick. And then I saw I'm coming into a group of angels. I saw the, the sisters that got a long hair. I still remember Sister um, Sylvia standing there with her hair just rolling down and raising up her hands and started worshiping the Lord. And I, I was sitting, I was sitting over there with my wife, I saw all the people. I was literally dumbfounded. 
I said, if there's any church that is according to God's word, this is it. So then all the lives that the people lived and they created such a desire in me. And I was a Christian already. I was in a denomination. I was coming out of uh, the army from China just recently, just coming, uh, just newly coming to Canada. First time getting into the church like this. This is a church that was so different from every church that, that I ever went into. And I look at the people. I look at the brothers. I was a look at the sisters. And I said, this is the, this is called the life of holiness. This is the, what I want to do. I thought I was a Christian, but when I come in among these people, I feel, no, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian as it ought to be compared to what they're having it. Lord gave me the discernment not to discern. I'm sure in that time, there are people that is not in their ought to be condition. Some people that you, when I was having that desire in my heart, you probably have a, such a burden, some, such a heaviness that in your heart, that you can hardly ever even uh, uh, crying out for amen. But Lord, when I was in that condition, the Lord only let me see, Lord, I need a closer walk with the Lord. My interpre- interpretation at that season, the closer walk is, Lord, I need to be sanctified. That to me is a closer walk. But in a lot of the other people, your closer walk is already way past just quit drinking, quit smoking, quit video game, quit this and quit that. You're already coming to the stage that, Lord, I want a, a further walk with you. Lord, I want to experience you more personal. I experienced you before, but I want to experience you more. And sometimes you that desire that the in that person is become so heavy. They come into the heaviness. If it's just by looking from the outside, you probably yourself even thinking, am I backslide? You probably yourself, and not that you said, I want a closer walk. But you hardly, when a preacher was preaching, but the burden that's in you was so heavy, you can hardly, um, you can hardly, um, mumble it up, I amen to it. Is that burden just become so heavy? Then you have it, the burden was heavy for your children, for your family. It's not a, just a, had a good boy, had a good family, but you want something specially done to them. And not a heaviness, which is in your heart. Am I talking to the living person here? Something that was a heavy, that is in your heart, it was a burden, a so burden, that you cried it out. It was so burdened that it in you. It's not in your backslide, but just something, Lord, I need experience with the Lord. That is also a closer walk. It's not talking about that you backslide, you have to go to the altar, you have to do this and that. But your life just come to a little different stage than what you used to be. Maybe your business will swallow your, your work, your job, and a different will swallow you. You're not a backslide. It's just with all those things that you want to spend time with God. You want to spend quality time with God. You want to come before the Lord. Can I have a, such a move that in your heart, Lord, so bring that back to me. It's just, Lord, I want to reveal more important matter that to your life. But it must drive you to a certain point so that you can desire for it. You can cry for it. And if you want to have it, anything else become a secondarily. Uh-huh. 
And in Matthew 23, 23. And Jesus has said to those scribes and the Pharisees, He said, For you pay tithes of mints and bananas and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. Look at the, what is the comparison here. Those Pharisees, what they're thinking is important is the mint. Anise and cumin. But what the Lord Jesus said that a weightier matter is a judgment, mercy, and faith. Isn't that a bizarre? There's no even comparison in that. What is the judgment to compare with mint? What's that to do with it? What is the comparison between mercy and anise? What is the comparison between faith and cumin? There is no comparison whatsoever that is in there. What is the comparison of your job, of your business with the rapture? What is the comparison of your uh, certain relationship to compare your relationship with boy and girl or girl and boy or whoever that is. What is the comparison of that relationship between the relationship between you and your Savior? There's no comparison at all. But because they lack of a discernment, they have no judgment that is in them. And they leave those things and they put it up, the most important things just to another side. And Jesus tell them, He said, all is not to leave those things, the other things undone, but this what you ought to do. There are those things that has its time, has its season, has its all has its place. Job is not to the, it's not to the question. Making the money is not to the problem. You have the relationship, you're good to marry, had a family, all of that. Those things this is absolutely right. Absolutely essential for us to do. Education, you need to have that. Just as much education as you can have. If, just as long as that doesn't become a God to you. Just as long as that doesn't become a controlling power to control you. But Jesus said that there is a weightier matter that we need to do. But those Pharisees, they omitted those weightier matter. That's why Jesus was saying to them, he said, you're a hypocrite. He said, you omitted the weighty matter of the law. He said, this judgment, mercy, and faith, this ought to have done, and not to leave the other undone. And in another scripture, Luke eleven forty two, he said, but woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe, mint, and rue, and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment, and the love of God. You see, those people... Those Pharisees, their judgment was totally gone. And they can't even discern 
What is the right and what is wrong? What is the need to be done in that hour? And they cannot discern the total, the discernment of what is the righteousness and the discernment of what is the right and what is wrong is completely left to them. And, uh, and in, uh, in the second Thessalonian chapter two, Verse 10, it said, when all, when with all deceivableness and the righteousness in them that perish, he said, because they receive not to the love of the truth, that it might be saved, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should uh, believe a lie. There is a cause of it. What they do, the, oh, is it supposed to do? What do you have? You need to have a job. You need to have all the things that are our daily life that we need to have. But what is to make them become a, come to the point that they lost all of that and went into the total delusion and thinking they're alright, but they're not alright is because they lost the love of the truth. We're not just talking about, said, I believe. We're talking about the love of the truth. If they just, they, you, you can't say those are Pharisees that they're not sincere. You can't say they don't believe God. They firmly believe God. They believe Moses. They believe every book of the, the Bible that in the Old, in the Old Testament. And they're faithful to go to church. They're faithful to pay their tithes and do everything that they need to be done. You can't even put a finger on them. But Jesus tells them, He said, you omitted the weightier matter. How that come? It's because they lost the love of the truth. And then when they lost the love of the truth, then it's because of the losing the love of the truth, losing the dedication, losing the consecration their whole life to the truth. When the truth come, then they couldn't recognize it. And then they always focus on the things. They're thinking that this is right and this is right. But when the truth itself and it manifested in the person, that in the flesh of Jesus Christ to come before them, and then they totally missed it. And because of their lacking of a love of the truth, and that lead them to a total delusion. It's not because of their lacking of a sincerity. It's not because they're lacking, they're claiming themselves, I'm a believer. But they're lacking of a love of the truth. If you love the truth, you dedicate yourself to it. If you love the, love the truth, you will consecrate your whole life to it. If you love the truth, there's nothing that you reserve without being not giving to Him. If you're loving the truth, your whole being, you love Him with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Everything is all for Him. That is called the love of the truth. If I can call it, that's the weightier matter. That is the love of God. But because they're lacking, they don't have the love of the truth. That leads those people into a total delusion. To a believer, it has to be the same thing. It's not just we believe the message, but we love this message. We love this message not because it's just our mouth saying that we love the message. Our action shows we love the message. 
That action, when everything was going smooth, it seems fine. But when the trials come, but when a country situation starts to rise up, that is to test if we really love the truth. And when a sacrifice that needs to be made, when you need to sacrifice your time, or when you need to sacrifice sometime of your pleasure, when you need to sacrifice sometime of that stuff, that uh, it's not necessarily to be a sinful thing, but sometimes it's the innocent things, but just consume us too much of our time, too much of our energy, and too much of our being. And then that is the time to give a test if we really love of the truth. Let's turn to Malachi. Malachi chapter 1. Chapter 1. Verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have a love you, says the Lord. Yet, he say, wherein has thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord, yet I love Jacob. When God said to the people, said, I love you. And to the answer back is, uh, how you love me? In another word, they're in a totally delusion. They lost the judgment. They lost the discernment. And the things that happened around them. When God said, I love you. Yeah. And it totally, their eyes was blind. They said, no, you don't. If you love me, how can this thing happen to me? Hello? Yeah. If you love me, how can I go in through things like this? If you love me, why I'm in the trial in this for years after year without being answered? Lord said, I love you. And he said, no, you don't. You said, no, Brother Murphy, that doesn't exist in our church. I will say, in your mouth, you will never dare to say that. Because to say that to God is very dangerous. You know that. But your action is totally different. Let's go into this a little bit. Those people, they said, Lord, you don't love me. If you love me, how in the world? I'll say that. Let's not put them. Let's just put it to us. If you do love me, Lord, why this thing has happened? Those people in Israel, they can't see the love of a God anymore. Let's compare it to today. Sometimes the people, when they're going through certain things, they, can't, they just can't say the love of a God anymore. In their mouths, they will never dare to say that. But their attitude to come to church started changing. Their way of their acting toward each other started changing. They dare not curse God, but they can curse you. 
They dare not, they dare not to say things against God, but they can say things against you. They dare not to say anything about God. You shouldn't do this. But they can say to you, you shouldn't do that. The love of God is an election. The love of God, it doesn't mean you go through the dark time. You can't see the hand of God. He lets you go through it. He lets you to go. He lets your family go through it. He lets yourself go through it. He lets your children go through that. But that doesn't show God dislike you. That doesn't show God doesn't love you. God love you only shows in one thing. I elect you. I send my messenger to you. I give this message to you. I give this word of God in this hour to you. I choose you to be the bride of Jesus Christ. I reveal myself to you. I reveal my word to you. I transformed your life. Only that shows the love of God. But sometimes even believer, when they go through the hard time, when they go through the dark hour, then they start questioning. Lord, do you really love me? If you love me, how those things has happened to me? As I said, they dare not to, to say that. They probably never, that had never even come to their heart or to their thoughts. Said to uh, blame God. But they can blame God's people. And they can blame their wife. Isn't that a human nature? Every husband. Adam said, the Lord, is this wife that you give it to me? Lord, if my wife doesn't make that decision, I will never come to this situation. And now I have to suffer for that. I'm not talking about my wife, okay? Just I'm. <laughs> they dare not to blame God, but they can blame their wife. And then the wife can blame their husband. If you be a high priest in the home, our children won't leave the house like what they're doing today. Boy, boy, boy. And the children can blame their parents. If I born in Brother Tom's house, I won't have this problem. You get far more spanking than we imagine you're going to have. You know, if my parents are certain so and so, if they're doing a certain things that, you know, I wouldn't be like this. Or the parents can blame their children. Vice versa. All this. You said, I never blame God. Don't you know that is a blame God? Just as a Job, Job will never blame God, but he blamed his birth. He said, I wish I never born. And sometimes for a believer, they come to a point that they do the same thing. But you see, as maybe they said, oh, even my wife doesn't do this. 
If my wife doesn't do that, you know, I will be never come to the point like this. But you forgot God's love is election. No matter how ornery or grouchy your wife is, but God still can change. He said, if my husband, if, uh, if he be the high priest, if he do this, if he do that. But you see, God can also, with uh, the wife's husband, and maybe not in their position, but God still, that Elizabeth, to have conceived John. And her husband, Zechariah, Ram said his uh, disbelief. And God even made him become a dumb that he cannot speak. But God, that doesn't stop God to go to his wife, Elizabeth, and to, to let him, let her bear John the Baptist. And God can still let her go to the wife, even their husband is not in their position. He can still go to Abigail. Is it called, is, I think it's Abigail. And then it's uh, her husband's, um, I think called the Naba or Naba. And uh, it, was, it was a foolish man. But God still can use that as his wife and stop the wrath so that David won't come to destroy the whole clan. There's no excuse. No matter what's happened, God's still God. His still election shows his love. No matter the other people do it or don't do it, no matter this person is in a position or not position, you have no excuse to don't love God. You have no excuse to don't believe Him. You have no excuse to do whatever that you do. You still can come to God, can raise up your hand to worship God, say, Lord, no matter what situation that is it is, but I still believe in you. Those things will not stop me. And the children, the young people, they might be saying, if I ever born in the family like that, I wouldn't be like what I'm having now. All the struggles, all the fightings that I go through. But you see, no matter what it is, there's no excuse for us. God's love is His election. He elected it to you. Maybe you're not born in the family. That is a believer's family. Maybe your family, your parents, maybe you wish some other people would be your parents. Maybe you wish some spiritual elders that it can be your parents. But it seems like your parents is not in their what they to, ought to be condition. But you see, God is still saved. If I made me, I can say this to the extreme. Even your mom is a prostitute, but God's still saved. Uh-huh. Even your father is an alcoholic, yeah. God still made a prophet out of that family. Yeah. Election shows God's love. You can't blame God for that. You can't blame God's people for that. You can't blame your parents for that. You can't blame the minister for that. Even in a minister is not at a preaching, not as a preacher like an archangel. They may be just a preach a simple sermon. They may be not, uh, not to just a preach like a brother Ed Bisco or, or Donnie Reagan or Tim Pruitt or Ron Spencer. 
That is not your excuse. No matter what position or what gift that they have, God is still God. God is still election shows His love. His election doesn't base on what is the gift of the person. His election based on his pre-knowledge. His election based on his foreknowledge. I know you before you go into the trial. I know you before I send you to the darkness. I know you because before the sickness to come upon you. But I choose you to go through that. It's not a preacher, it's a preaching. Bring you out of a trial. It's the love of God, the election, bring you out of the trial. It's not a gift of the minister, bring you out of the trial. It's the love, election of God, bring you out of the trial. It's not the love of your parents, bring you out of the darkness. It's the election love of God, bring you out of the darkness. It's not the love of your parents to bring you out of the depression. It's the election love of God, bring you out of that depression. It's all the election love of God. It's not based on anything else. Otherwise, it's not a grace of God. It's the election, elective love of God bring you out of every situation. That's why we have no excuse. You can't blame ministers. You can't blame your pastor. You can't blame your parents. And parents and father, you can't blame your children. And a wife cannot blame your husband. Husband cannot blame your wife. There's no blame game in this. It's all by the elective love of God. That's the first thing in Malachi 1 that it started. They start to dealt to the love of God. Or I should say they have a strong delusion. They totally missed the love of God. I don't have time to go into all of that. But if you get a time when you go home, you can read the whole Malachi. It's not a Malachi. It's not only just a Malachi 4.6. There's a whole from a chapter 1 to the chapter 4. And what's happened? Then in Malachi 1, 6, it said, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? He said, If I be a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, what despise, that despise my name. And he said, Wherein have we despised thy name? God said, that You lost the honor. You lost the respect. You lost the, the fear of the Lord. Why? Because they dealt to the, they have a delusion of the love of God. Then, it's, it's, uh, consequently, they come, they start to despise His name. They lost their honor. They lost their respect. Because they lost the love of the truth. God Himself is the truth. Then they start to go in deeper, deeper into their uh, backsliding. And they're not dedicated anymore. 
They're not a fear of God anymore. They started joking around. God's name is not holy to them anymore. Sincerity started to lost. And they started uh, taking God's name in vain. You see, that all happens start from the lost of the love of truth. It's not in their mouths. In their mouths, they still can fellowship. In their mouths, they still claim they're a believer. Just as they claim themselves as Israelites. In their mouths, they still do everything that way you can. You can't even find a fault that in what they say. But in their action, you start to show. They start to show. Not you start to show. They're in their action. They start to lost the fear of God. They started watching things that they shouldn't watch. Doing things they shouldn't do. As I said, don't know. In, in their way to God, it's never wrong. But it's to His people. They lost their honor to the people. They lost their respect to each other. Do you believe you are God's people? Then treat each other differently. They lost their respect. They lost the fear of God. They can do harm to a believer without feeling any guilty. They can say things harsh and to a believer, but they will praise God. They will come to church to testify. And they will be sincere as sincere can be. And raise up their hands and lift up and worshiping the Lord. But it's your action toward each other. And it's the husband Towards your wife. And it's the wife towards your husband. It's the parents towards your children. And the children towards your parents. If you believe they are God's people. It's not their mouth. It's not when they're in the church. It's when they're in their private time. It starts to show they lost the honor and the respect to God. That's why Jesus called them hypocrites. And then God said, uh, they said, uh, how? How in the world do you say that we lost the respect? And in, a, in a verse 8, and say, if he offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If ye offer the lamb and sick, is it not evil? Offering now unto their governor, will he be pleased with thee or accept that person? Used to be they offer the best to Jehovah. Now they just grab anyone. Can I say hello again? Used to be they give the best of the best of their time to Jehovah God. And now... Yeah, I better I better pray. Five minutes, and you know I gotta go to sleep very soon. They used to be to give their whole life, their energy, their whole being, their zeal, their passion, their dedication, their consecration, their fear, their respect, their honor, their everything. They give it to God, but now. 
all of those things become a, what you call that? Discount? Well, I have, I ran out of word. Sorry. They cannot give their whole self. And you know what? To me, that's a lost, the love of the truth. From a love, they lost their love. They don't even understand the love. Then they become a dishonest. They become dishonor. They become a disrespect. Their action shows. They start to just take whatever. They come to the church and they're just haphazardly. They don't care. It's not a coming to the church to meet God. Sometimes church becomes a social life. And sometimes they come into a church, it's just so in the, in the, in a run that, uh, you know, just at halfway sleep through. And then they're going a little deeper. And then they still don't know. Because you find out their attitude toward each other started changing. Their family life started having problems. The way that they're treating each other start to have a, a crack. I wish you can speak Chinese. That would make me so much easier. Then the church life started to get in trouble. The family life started to get in trouble. And then the Lord says, uh, uh, I really got to hurry. And the Lord said, uh, they started to put away their wife that in their youth. In another words, that they can't even keep their promise anymore. They can't even keep their oath. They can't keep what they promised to God to do. They're just getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And then it started to distract by other women. Instead of the woman that in their youth. So they started to be distracted by, attracted by all the worldly things. They started to be distracted from the Lord and attracted by their different things, as I said, and not necessarily to be a sinful thing. Sometimes it's just innocent, just the priorities started changing. The weightier matter, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, gradually become a, not a weightier anymore. The things that is the most important start to gradually change the position, change the place. And those things that are not supposed to, the mint, to the anesthesis, and the, and um, the, the cumin start to all coming to the, coming to the first place. And then the Lord said in chapter 2, verse 17, Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. And you said, wherein have we wearied him? And the Lord said, when you see everyone that does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. And he delights in them. Or where is the God of judgment? They start to complain. They start to blame. If God is God, why did this happen to me? If God's people is holy, if God's people supposed to be my brother and my sister, 
Why did he treat me like this? God said, you wearies me. Your word starts to wearies me. In another word, God become unjust. He's not a just God anymore. He's not a God that is a vengeance belongs to me. He's not a God that is a, he's a justice. He's not a God. He knows everything. Their attitude toward God started changing. They started to say to God, no, you do things wrong. You shouldn't do this. You said, I never said that to God. You said it to other people. You said to the pastor. Well, Brother Tom, I just don't think you said that thing right. Brother John, I just don't think you discerned that thing quite rightfully. Brother Murphy, I said, oh, well, you never come to me, so it won't be. <laughs> I just don't think you, you, you discerned that right. Oh, yeah, you never say it. But your action shows. When they give you the counseling to go this direction, you're constantly going this way. Lord said, return. You know what is a return? Return means you left. Camera, please. Follow me. This is going to be my first time I ever move out from the pulpit. (laughs) You left your position. And then the Lord said, return. And you're still going this way. Man, you look so close to me. (laughs) The Lord said, return. And then you go to that direction. Lord said, return. That's where you left. It's not this what you left. It's not that what you left. It's this is what you left. You have to return to where you left Him. You left the love of the truth. You start to go into the delusion. You left the Word of God. You start to have a strong delusion. You left your forgiveness to your brother. Then you start to left this Word of God. You left the promise of God. Now Lord said, return. This is where you need to return. Is that go there? Is that how much sincere for you, God? Is that how much worship you can do? Is that how much you can testify? Return to where you left to Him. That's where you need to return. Return to the weightier matter. And then, the question is very interesting. The Micah 3 and 7, and even from the days of the fathers, you're going away from my ordinance. Is that I have not kept them? Return unto me, and I will return unto you. You have to make that step. Says to the Lord of hosts. But he said, wherein shall we return? 
it was almost become a hopeless situation. They don't even know where to return. And then the Lord said, Will a man rob God? He said, Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? The Lord said, In tithes and offerings. Don't worry, I'm not preaching tithes and offerings. You do that pretty good. But the Lord said, You're a thief. Is there anybody don't pay tithe here? Okay, this is totally for the people on the internet, okay? He said, uh, they said, where are we going to return? Lord said, I'm going to be very specific to you. I'm not going to make this vague. I'm going to tell you where you're going to return. Okay, as I said, people on the internet, please watch this. He said, in tithes and offering, you should return. In another word, you bunch of a thief. On the internet, on the internet. (laughs) You bunch of a robber. I bless you. You said, I only earn $12 an hour. Still, Lord, bless you. He said, I made a million dollars. Praise the Lord. Our church debt will be paid off. And Lord said, He said, You robbed me. I bless you, and you take it as yourself. I gave you this blessing, and I only asked for 10% of it. You know, sometimes the Lord bless you and prosper you. And that the people doesn't even realize it's the Lord blessed them. Let me move away from the Tyson offering. What about your health? What about the Lord? You, you haven't hardly get any sickness. What about your children? What about your job? What about your family? What about your marriage life? The Lord give all of this to you. And you cannot even give it back to Him. And Lord give you the health and you use your health to running around to do everything else but to come to church to worship the Lord. The Lord give you the voice and then you can sing that you hardly ever to use that to bless the people of God. The Lord give you the gift and in the knowledge in your computer and this and that and everything that He bless you. You can hardly, you just use all of them to bless the world without blessing God Himself through His people. God gave you a house. What you use that for? I know this is getting very heavy. But it's heavy on me too. As I said, whenever I preach, if there's an altar, I'll be the first one in the altar. Because I need it. And this is what God speaks to me. I don't want to transfer that to you. I think we all need to girdle ourselves up a little bit more.
He said, will man rob God? He said, yet he have robbed me. But you say, worrying have we robbed thee? And the Lord said, in tithes and offering, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, bring thee all the tithes into the storehouse. And there may be meat in my house. And prove me now hereways, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. If we can ever understand that. Bring whatever the Lord will give it to you. And then you bring it back to Him. Lord, whatever gift that He used, you give it to me, I will use it on you. Whatever energy that you give it to me, I will use it on you. The job that you give it to me, I will use that on you. The education you let me have, I will use that for you. The knowledge that I learned from the school, I will use it for the kingdom of God. And then he said, the Lord said, your words have been stored against me. Says the Lord, yet he say, what have we spoke so much against thee? The Lord said, you have said it's a vain to serve Lord, to serve God. And what profit it is that we have a capitalist ordinance and that we have a walk in the mournfully before the Lord of hosts. In another word, the Lord, you are not justice. When things do the wrong, when people are doing it wrong, you never judge them. And then you never reward me. I helped so much. Lord, and not even recognize me. I helped it with camp. I helped it with church. I helped it with sound room. I helped it with video room. Not even get it recognized. Lord, you are not rewarding. So it's a van to serve Lord. I did all of this. What is the prophet? Lord, when I in need, I never even, you never even met my need. I helped with this area. I helped in that situation. I helped so many. But Lord, when I was in need to be helped, where's the help? Then I start to complain. Then it starts to murmur. And all of the things that the Lord said. He said, you have been stought against me. And then, but the Lord said, return unto me. You give God what due to Him. You pay your tithe. You do your offering. You let your life to be dedicated to Him. Let your health to be used for God. Let your wisdom to be used for God. Let your education. Let your family to serve God. Let your house to serve, to entertain the children of God. Even let your texting. Even let your WhatsApp. He gave that to you for you to use into the right way. It's not for you to gossip. It's not for you to say this and that and spreading all kinds of a filthy news and to this and to that. That's not supposed to be used for that. 
If you have a no gift, if your gift is texting, everybody have that gift. You do as the brother John did. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Try to encourage somebody. Try to say something good about somebody. When somebody is down, cheer them up. Not just gossip around. Whatever God give it to you. Made us available in your hand to use for God. You said God never reward me. Really. He might not reward you in money. But what about he rewards your children? I will, I will sell out everything for that. He might, he might not reward you for a good job. But he rewards you a loving wife. Your husband may be just making eight dollars. Well, what is the minimum wage? Fifteen. Great battle. Your husband might be just making a minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour. And hardly just get a job from here and there, just pinching for pennies. But he loves you. He's the high priest at home. Do everything he can to help you, to help the children, and to love you and to cheer you up and take you here and have for a walk. It cannot even for a vacation, maybe. Just go into the park for a walk. You should be the most thankful wife. That is the blessing. That is the rewarding. Your children may be not to the smartest kids in the school. But they love the Lord. They come to the church with the Bible under an arm. Time every Wednesday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. You should be the most blessed parents in the whole world. While the whole world swallow them up. All these young people. Your children still sitting here. You said they're not in their all to be. But they're in our, they are all to be. They're coming to this place available so that God can move to them. You know, one thing Brother Thomas said very, very touching me. The other day when I had a little fellowship with him. I was asking Brother Thomas, I said, you know, sometimes you saw the people who come to the church and you know they're wrong. You know they're not in their ought to be. Actually, they become a more Stinner, uh, they're, they're more, uh, they just cause you grief. I, I just to say that bluntly. They just cause you grief after grief after grief. I said, why? I said, don't you recognize them? Why don't you just, just let them go? You know, just don't put them in any position. Just take, kick them out. <laughs> and Brother Tom told me, he said, uh, is that our pastor, Brother, Brother Eddie Bisco? He always said one thing. He said, as long as that is sit in the atmosphere can hear the word, they have a chance that a word can change them. That's why it has said, when your children, I don't care how, what position, what place that they're in, if they follow you, come to the church. Listen to the preaching. Maybe 1%, 2%, 10%, whatever percent of that age. We're the most blessed parents that on earth. 
I've no way to finish this. What is the purpose of you saying all of this, Brother Murphy? Let me give you a scripture at the end and also share some testimony with you. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 2. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia and the Achaia was already a year ago and your zeal has provoked very many. And then in Romans 10, 19, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation, I will anger you. Just, uh, just recently, you, know, you all know that so the virus in China become a, uh, just broke out. It just become a more, very severe. But you know, I believe God is not a, a God in every situation. And because of this virus, I said that there's many people that they just, uh, most of the people, they just cannot go to work. But thank to God that the believers are affected too, but not infected. So the believers, uh, there's a, those are young people. And then they start to it at home and they start to translate into the message. Just one after another, one after another. And during that hardship, during that whole situation, we have a more message to translate than ever. And then the little brothers, because they have nothing to do, so all of them, they start to go on the line, start to testify to people. And before, they just ask for no more. Uh, we are asked for hundred or no more. And they just uh, add to the home. And then they have nowhere to go. They can't even preach. The minister, so they go on the line. They're just uh, broadcasting all their preaching. And then the message online, just uh, one after another. And by God's grace, it's just one after another start to coming in. And one message after another, they said, oh, you know, we want to hear the, this message that you preached. Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, so, uh, the prophet visited South Africa. Yeah. Where is it coming from? Well, I never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And they said it in the Holy Ghost theory because they, they have a printing machine. They printed it out and they sent it out. They said, we never heard of it before. And some people, they had to the, the Bible. And then they get to the, the Bible. The brother said, I'll give you some study material. And then they put a study material and a seven seal, the seven churches, all kinds of question and answer, and they give it to them. And when they receive it, they said, my goodness, I never heard anything like it. Can you give me more of that? God, in the difficult situation, has never let a Satan boast on him. No matter what situation that you are in, it's never dark enough for God to shine His light in. No matter what situation that you went through, no matter how hardship that you went through, God is always victorious. When the whole world went into the delusion, when the people start to getting more and more, you saw people start to living, start to separating themselves from this message, but there's still a group of other people. How thankful we should be. You are not deceived. 
How thankful would I wish you be when the word of a God and a preaching. There's maybe sometime it is just notching, just pinching our area that we feel pin. But how thankful we should be we even feel pin. When the whole world get numbed. The dangers for a sick person is they get numbed. They lost the feeling. That's why the doctor, when you have a pen, the doctor said a pen is good for you. Because when you feel the pen, that means that you're still alive. When the word of God is still touching us, that means that we are alive. When the word of God is sometimes just like a needle just notching at us, that means that we're still alive. There's an area that in our life and we're still crying and desiring for God. So Lord, come. I desire you. I want you. Let my life get closer to you. And those are brothers. They're sending out this message. And all of them, not a one of them, is a professional translator that we're used to all these years. And all of them is about a 20, 23, 24, some even 18, 19. All the young people. They, they don't, they never be educated in the English school. And they only know the certain English. And one brother that he doesn't even know ABC. But whenever the message comes, he said, I don't know even how. I start to understand that in English. And he started reading the message, but because he reading the message, hundreds of a message so much, when that, when he become a proofreader to proofreading the message, and he said, he, he know, this is wrong. That is not right. This is not right. I said, why don't you come over here and substitute me? They're not professional. They're not expert. They don't know, they don't even, some don't even speak it in English. You said, I'm busy. I will say, they're busier than you are. They're working 10, some, some, some young men, even right now, they, they went back to work. They work 10 hours a day. And they're coming home to eat. And then start to translating. And he's a physical worker in the elevator company, Brother Peter. And when they're coming home, and when I come back to work in the morning about 9 o'clock, that is at about 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the China in the morning. And that brother is still there. So Brother Murphy, Hallelujah. I find out this paragraph, I just don't quite understand what Brother Bram said. And in their time, it's a three o'clock in the morning. And he said, Brother Murphy, I just couldn't. My eyes cannot even open. He said, I have to go to sleep for a few hours. And about four hours later, get up to work. This is not a one day. This is a weeks, month. I'll provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation. I will anger you. Sometimes zeal. Can provoke people. But sometimes when I saw those people. Are no people. 
Those people are not supposed to do the transition works and this and that. And then after the 10 hours working, they come back home and to translate a message. A young little sister under severe depression, still not totally delivered, still have to take medication and translate out 120 some messages. No, not, not by forcing. And I'll say that'll even affect our own people. Sister Susie, Brother Ren, Sister Juniper, Brother Jim, Sister Shirley, and all of those people. Sister Esther, I maybe missed some, the sister or brother's name. They said to Brother Murphy, we want to help with the transition work. We want to do something for the Lord. I don't want to just uh, sitting at home and just doing this and that. They said, I want to put some time. That's called a weightier matter. And think about a one message book that when they translate it and put it in the hand of the person. And that message is save a soul. I don't have time to go into it in Malachi 3. Lord said, I'm making up my jewel. I think I remember one time a brother Tim Pruitt was preached. People said that they don't, uh, I'm not sure if him or uh, I may be wrong. He said some people said that I don't want a crown. And he said, no, I want a crown. I want so many crown. I want so many jewel in that crown. And when I say Jesus, yes. and I can take that crown Glory. and bow before him Hallelujah. and put it on the head. Of Jesus Christ. I want a crown. I want those believers. I want those translated a message. I want those believers. I want them in China. I want them to translate. I want whoever. Lord let me get in connected with. Can be a Jew. That in my crown. And then when I say Jesus. I want to take off my crown. And put it at the feet of Jesus. Said, Lord. They are all yours. Shall we stand? Let a musician come. God used those people that is not not even having the knowledge, not even having the wisdom, not even having the ability, not even have all those things that, that we're thinking that's supposed to, those gifted people to do. But God used those people. Yes. It's just because they are focused on the weightier matter. Mm-hmm. They return to that weightier matter. What more weightier than a word of a God in this hour? Does your job kind of compare it with that? Does your work? Does your family? Does your house? Does your whatever that is? Folks, there's no comparison to it. And then God used those people to provoke us to jealous. To provoke us to zeal. I think it behooved to us 
Lord, I want to dedicate him more than ever in this last hour. Lord, never, never let my vision be veered off from the weightier matter. The body changes is much weightier than what's your physical body. The rapture is far more important. And it's a far more weightier than our just, just making a few dollars more. Just to try to go here and to go there. God gave us a more clear vision to see the weightier matter that we're having. Shall we sing wind, winds, winds of Faith? Sometime I want a service like this. Second day, and then the people, some people that go back to the work, just go to the job, and, and daily things will start to just grinding them down, and they lost the vision. And some people, and they get a burst of um, um, zeal, but it's like a flash in the pan they will go to the video room and say you know maybe I can do something uh, for the video maybe I'll go to the sound booths and doing this and doing that but never last very long and then they go back to their normal and I want this to be a different right. don't just go to the video doing this and you know maybe I can help or maybe to brother Tim I'll just do some. I want you to go deeper deeper far deeper just than that going back home sit down find a place Lord have I lost my vision Lord have I omitted I have the whole pages what does omitted really mean have I omitted the weightier matter my trials started swallowing me my situation started swallowing me. My job or different things, my relationship or whatever that is. Don't just let this become a flesh in the pan. Have a deeper experience with the Lord. I don't want it just a flatty, you know, I got to do something. No, you don't have to do anything. The only thing that you need to do, go back home, search deeper that in your heart Lord I want a transforming experience I want something totally totally circumcised me cut off all the extra the world cut off the things that are not supposed to be Lord take away the influence of Satan Lord let me become a totally changed person that's what I want you to be you know, it's not that hard. It's not something that's as far you cannot reach. 
is right near you. Brother Bradley talk about a Billy Paul. And I, I just paraphrase that. I have a quote said it, but I, I, I don't want to spend time to read it. He said, a Billy Paul, that if he can yield to God, he said, his ministry was so passing me, he said, it might not even in the picture. If he can yield himself to God, you know what God needed? A total surrender. God has a vessel, the prophet, the only thing that he had, he has a total surrender. Let God use him mightily. Don't just jump here and jump there. Be something that is solid. Be a person, the young people especially. Not just flatty, just here and there. Be a person that has some substance that's in you. Going back to search down deep in your heart. See what your situation's at. And let your whole life to be transformed. Can we sing that a song that it again before we leave? Set your way to the wind. Father how lovely you are Lord or sometimes it's, uh, it's just so hard to, to say things like this Lord Lord you know me several times I try to I just want to shut my mouth for that Lord but Lord I believe I've done your will Lord I did whatever I can do. Lord, I just pray. Lord, just do a special work to our people, Lord. That a God has circumcised the people that it hasn't been circumcised. Cut off the influence of the world. Cut off the things that are so attractive from the world. Totally change to them. Clear the film from their vision. That they don't look left and right. That they don't look at all the things that are just tinsel. Just stuff, Lord. And that they keep their vision to the weightier matter. There's nothing more weightier than the word has revealed in this hour. There's nothing more weightier than the blood of Jesus Christ that is shed for us. There's nothing weightier than the deliverance, the love, the predestination that the Lord has given to us. Oh God, clear it our vision, Lord. Lord, if the people had experienced you, but Lord, if there are filmmen in their eyes that start just cover their eyes, like John the Baptist, or like the eagle, Lord, that sometimes it feels like they lost their vision. Lord, I just pray, Lord, you take the film away from them. Take the skill out of their eye so that they can say that the angels are around them. They never come to another point 
that was so discouraged that it cannot be recouraged again by God. They never come to that point. It's so dark. It seems that there's no light. But Lord, let them understand the light is just behind the cloud. Help these lovely people, Lord. And commit them into your hands. Lord, just do a great work amongst us. Send a revival into each family, Lord. Lord, to the things that have bothered us, the things that has distracted us, the things that has attracted us. Lord, I just pray that you take all of them away from us. But Lord, you just take a desire from the people. Lord, when they are desire you, when they love you, when they want to get rid of everything to get to the way they matter, when they want to just disregard, just lay down every easy sin that is easily beset in us. Lord, I trust, I believe you will do a greater work among us. We thank you, Lord. Just be with your people going home. Lord, may your presence just draw near to them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you. Let's shake hands with each other. And I believe Lord will do something special for each one of you. And to love each other and to love the Word of God. And to the Lord love you. I love you too.